It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another midweek edition of Locked On Jaguars. I am T-Wig along with Philip Pruse. He's Jackson Phil on Twitter. I am shop talking wig on Twitter. We talked about the fact that it is the dead season of the NFL. It's not necessarily dead for us because there's always content that you can find and credible content at that and real credible content in the form of Pete Prisco's top 100 players. Uh, it's always done before the season starts. It's, bas- it's basically uh, based on last year and maybe a little bit of projection. I'll go ahead and give it to you right now. There are three Jacksonville Jaguars on this list, and all of them are from the defensive side of the ball. Um, I-, I agree with uh, Pete Prisco putting these three guys on this list. However, I do think that the one person that he has in the middle of those three needs to be at the top. And we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But uh, needless to say that Aaron Donald is considered the number one player in the NFL. I totally agree with that. Number two, and I'll go through this briefly, Patrick Mahomes comes in at number two. I'm not going to argue with that either because that kid really showed a lot of special, special stuff. Aaron Rodgers is number three. Aaron Rodgers, as most of you know, I've said is – the most talented quarterback I've ever seen in the history of me watching the NFL. Uh, but Mahomes might have something to say about that down the line, but uh, I don't argue with that. People love how I, people know how I love number four. Number four is Von Miller. Von Miller is a personal, he's really being a mentor to a kid that I've known for a long time, Jeffrey Holland, who plays for the Denver Broncos. I talked to Jeffrey last week. Um, and Von Miller is is still, to me, the best player on the defensive side of the ball I've seen since Lawrence Taylor uh, back in the 80s and early 90s. Cleo Mack comes in at number five, Tom Brady number six, Julio Jones number seven, DeAndre Hopkins number eight, Bobby Wagner, who I think is a first ballot Hall of Famer, comes in at number nine, and J.J. Watt makes a return back to the top ten after two injury-prone years and still shows that he's the freak resort, and he comes in at number 10. But this is a Jaguar show, Phil, and we're going to talk about Jacksonville's players on this list. And the first person to come in is at number 17. It is Calais Campbell. And according to what Pete Prisco from CBS Sports says, a friend of us and a friend of mine, personal friend of mine, Philly says his sack numbers went down some, but he was better last year than he was in 2017 when he got Defensive Player of the Year consideration. Too high or too low for Calais Campbell? I always really enjoy this top 100 list that Pete Prisco does because he does such a good job of researching and talking to 
uh, you know, high-level people among the NFL and the league and really does his homework on it. It's not just, you know, some guy throwing a bunch of names up on a board and trying to figure it out. He does his due diligence in his preparation for this list. And listen, Calais Campbell's sack numbers were down, but he had a stellar season last year. And he deserves to be a little bit higher on this list. I think he had a better year and was a more formidable player than J.J. Watt. You know, I, I wouldn't be out of the realm of, you know, possibility of him finishing at number 10 on this list. If if he was number 10 on this list, I would not argue with Wig one bit. I wouldn't argue with it either. Uh, I didn't have a problem with it. The only problem I had was I, when I saw that he was the first Jaguar listed, I kind of scratched my head a little bit. But there's a, there's this theme going around now that Jalen didn't play as well. I tell you that I was on Twitter with guys from NFL Network. They were talking about Jalen Ramsey's performance last year. And I think what happened was we actually saw him get beat for a touchdown or two. I mean, whoopee-doo, that kind of happens. I saw Dion get beat by Jerry Rice. I saw Dion Sanders get beat for touchdowns every now and then. I saw Michael Irvin catch 200 yards worth of balls against Deion Sanders guarding one-on-one when Deion Sanders played for the 49ers and Irvin obviously was with the Dallas Cowboys. But what happens is sometimes when your team doesn't do as well and your numbers go down, your your players looked at it as if it's uh, some sort of drop-off. Well, well, Pete just described the numbers drop-off for, for Calais Campbell. But the difference is, Calais Campbell didn't do interviews with GQ Magazine talking about other players and put a, a bullseye on his back. That being said, I will give Pete a little bit of, break, uh, of a break here. The first cornerback isn't listed until number 30, and that is when Stephon Gilmore pops up on the board at number 30. And this is a premium position, and normally you see cover corners way, way early on these lists, but it shows you that the way things are going now, people are thinking that, Okay, they're spreading the ball around. You need more than – you remember, Phil, when there was two starters at corner and now it's three and four. People worry about who's going to guard the third and fourth receiver. Well, that's kind of what's happening now. Stephon Gilmore did have a really, really good year. He's number 30. Jalen Ramsey comes in at number 33. Now, people are wondering, who's number 31 and 32? Christian McCaffrey's at number 32. A.J. Green. <laughs> That's a, that A.J. Green, the A.J. Green that got so frustrated with Jalen that he started fighting him and all of that stuff, comes in at number 31. The guy with one of, toe? Yeah, the guy with one toe, right? <laughs> so there are a lot of guys, Phil. Uh, by the way, stay with me here, Phil, because by the way, I got to give you something. It was received very well with what you said the other day uh, that was so, so funny when I talked about the local media being guys that <laughs> they got, they, they kind of got used to Jalen and all of his shenanigans and all of that stuff. And I said, they're not, they're not falling for it. They're doing a good job. And you said they're all blocked. That was really, really funny. Yeah. That was really, really funny. I spent, I spent a lot of time carefully selecting the, the gif on that tweet. Right. Right. Now, just because Jalen Rams is ranked number 33 doesn't mean that if you had a draft tomorrow, he'd be the 33rd person pick because I don't think that's true. I think he'd go to the top 15 after all of the quarterbacks that people want and then whatever. But there's this perception that he didn't play as well. In fact, I'll read Pete's caption. He wasn't as dominant as expected last season. 
but I see him bouncing back in a big way. The talent is there to be the best in the league. I don't think Jalen Ramsey's performance fell off that much from the first season to the second. I didn't see a whole bunch of guys running past him. What I saw was a bunch of confusion from everybody. I think T.Y. Hilton got him on a, sh- a shallow cross, and Jalen didn't have any help, and T.Y. scored a touchdown. And I do remember DeAndre Hopkins beating him one-on-one, but, you know, welcome to the club. DeAndre Hopkins kind of beats everybody one-on-one uh, every now and then. But I think sometimes these things are overblown a little bit, and I think what what happens is, especially when you're a guy that's a bit of a talker, every little thing that you do is magnified. It's almost like what I said about left tackles. They don't get their absolute due. A left tackle could line up for 75 plays. If he gives up one sack that ends up a strip sack in a critical moment, it's going to be all over the highlights on Sports Final and ESPN and everywhere else, and it's going to look like he didn't play very well. So uh, I don't necessarily think that's a fair take. I think Jalen needs to be higher on this list, uh, but I will give Pete Prisco credit. He does an absolute fabulous job with this list, and uh, I'll give him credit for this. I'm a big Bobby Wagner fan. He has Bobby Wagner in the top ten. And there were people arguing with me last year on Twitter telling me that Bobby Wagner couldn't hold Luke Keekley's jock strap, and I told them they had absolutely lost their mind. Bobby Wagner is a first ballot Hall of Famer, barring injury. Look, we're going to talk about this all a little bit more. We're going to tell you who the third Jaguar is on this list. And then we're going to get into a few more topics when we come back on the other side of the Locked On Jaguars podcast, which is brought to you in part and uh, not necessarily slightly in part. I'll say this. Our friends at Hotels.com are the real, real deal. That's right. You need to book trips with Hotels.com. They've been with the Locked On Network for a long time, and that's where you can get your vacation straight so hotels.com thank you very much for bringing this to us and the locked on jaguars will return and i'll tell you who the third person is on this list and i'll tell you at what point he is on this list on the other side of this break all right guys she might be thinking that jaguars football is going through your mind but i know better i know what you're really thinking about you're thinking about sex remember the days when you're always ready to go Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. Blue BlueChew brings you the first chewable, the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You could take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. This isn't just for guys who cannot perform. It's for any guy who wants that little extra to enhance their performance in the bedroom. And Blue Chew is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the U.S., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On, just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew, the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring our podcast. Okay, Shaman T. Wig, along with Philip Cruz on the other side of the Lockdown Jaguars 
podcast, and uh, we're talking about Pete Prisco putting out his top 100 list for the year. You can't get mad, man. You can't get mad because really, if you really think about it, you can add, you can make a top 200 list and you still have good players not on this list. So before we talk about who's not on the list and before we talk about the fact that there are people absent on this list, there are positions absent on this list, and if there's a problem, let's continue to discuss, Phil, who the players are on this list. Number 71 is Yannick Ngakwe. We've talked at nauseam about Yannick Ngakwe getting or not getting a contract extension early. Let me read Pete Prisco's caption about Yannick Ngakwe. He has 29.5 sacks in his first three seasons and had 9.5 a year ago. It's no wonder he's looking for a big contract. To me, Yannick Ngakwe is better than a lot of people ahead of him on this list. Demarcus, what's the kid's name in Dallas? I can't re- remember his name. Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence, and uh, you're right. Phil, I'll do that every now and then. I'll forget somebody's name. Demarcus Lawrence, Frank Clark. There's some guys on this list ahead of him in his position that I think he's he actually has more value than. Uh, we talked about Jalen maybe being too low. I think Yannick is a bit too low in terms of his overall value, but for the sake of this list, Yannick Ngakwe sitting at number 71, and he's making about $2 million this year, if that much. I think he's underpaid. He needs to be redone. Does this in any way affect, and, and I know personnel people don't necessarily look at this list, but does this in any way affect the perception or the way that people think or believe about Yannick Ngakwe getting a deal because what I do think happens is this. I do think public pressure sometimes plays into the fact whether or not teams decide to do or to move from a PR perspective on players getting money. What do you think, Phil? Tell me about that. Tell me where you think Yannick is. Does Is it too high or too low? And does this have any effect on what will happen with this contract? Before before I get into Yann, did I ever tell you my Stefan Gilmore story? No, you didn't. Since we're talking, we were talking about him earlier. So I went to school at South Carolina, and my sophomore year, I was I lived right next door to him in the dorm. Um, wow. Yeah. So I used to see him all the time, and I would always take my dog out. I had a dog. Um, they always have a dog in the dorm, or maybe they didn't, and I just did. I can't remember. But uh, I would take my dog outside, and uh, it was like late 2 a.m., 2:30. So when it was that late, I just let it was a golden retriever. I just let it kind of go loose in the hallway and run back to to our door. And he'd always stop at our door and want to go in. And uh, one day, I uh, took him off the leash. And he's running, and right at the same time, Stefan Gilmore opens his room, and my dog ran into his dorm room, and mm. his all I heard was his girlfriend screaming like bloody murder, like freaking out that there was a dog in their room. I think <laughs> part shock, part the fact it was like, you know, 2.30 in the morning, uh, what have you. But I just remember Stefan Gilmore absolutely cracking up and just giving her a hard time that she would be scared of a golden retriever. And that's my quick little Stefan Gilmore story. Um, well, 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 that's an awesome story, by the way. And then uh, also kudos to you for letting me know during a live podcast that you are a Gamecock and you went to school with Stefan Gilmore and, and Alshon Jeffrey and probably Marcus Lattimore. And, of course, my friend that works at the SEC Network, Alyssa Lang. Did you, did you have a chance to cross paths? with Alyssa Lang. I did not, unfortunately. Um, I've, I've been following Alyssa on social media, and she does a great job. And I, I know she started out here locally, and now she's working at the SEC Network, and that's uh, that's a Gamecock we can be proud of. 
Um, but it was it was a fun ride at, at USC. I was there for the Spurrier years. I'm kind of dating myself now. Can kind of get an inkling about my age, but um, I got the opportunity to see a lot of good players live at, at Ingram as well. Melvin Ingram was another one that we got to see, that I got to see live um, while while I was there. So it's uh, it was a great school to be uh, you know a part of and attending, and uh, I wouldn't go anywhere else if I can go back and have a second chance. But um, to touch on the Yannick Ngakwe, l- look, this might not add a lot of value to the Jaguars' eyes, but don't think for a second that the players don't read this stuff. Don't think for a second that the agents don't read this stuff. And it's just more fodder, more ammunition to kind of... Wig, you know, agents are, are kind of like lawyers, you know? They're, they're kind of putting together all the discovery and trying to put together the best case towards the team as to why the player should get paid. And they will collect everything when they do some of those things um, in, in order to present why their client is valuable and worthy of the money that they're going to get paid. So I would definitely say that stuff like that gets included into that file, into that discovery when uh, you know embarking in those, some of those negotiations. And yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I, I think that public perception goes a long way. You heard me talk about how fans become little PR representatives of team management for some reason in football. And many times I think because they make a false equivalency between what uh, football players earn and what they earn at their own jobs. But um, in the meantime, I, the, the thing for me that, I think it's important for us to remember is this. Sometimes you hear things in the media and you scratch your head and you wonder, okay, what's that all about? Um, when it comes to Yannick Ngakwe, he's represented by uh, Rock Nation. When it comes to Leonard Fournette and some of the things that he's been through, he's represented by Rock Nation as well. And what you hear is that people go, well, his agent should have done this or his agent should have done that. I, I mentioned on the last podcast that Leonard's case about his guaranteed money has not even been decided yet. So uh, a, a lot of times you hear things in the media where it, it seems like things have been as, uh, assumed as being complete and they're not. Ari Nissim, and we when we had Joe Corey on, he spoke of this. Ari Nissim is their agent. When you hear Rock Nation and people know that Jay-Z is a, is a principal investor in Rock Nation, it's almost as if it's like the Ricky Williams deal with Master P, where Master P was in charge of, of his company that had Ricky Williams signed, and he signed into what people thought was a bad deal. Ari Nissim is a longtime NFL executive who actually worked in the Jets front office and was doing contracts on the other side for, for a number of years. So he knows all the language. He knows all the rules. He knows the lingo. He knows everything. Uh, and he also got Todd Gurley. He reset the market last year with Todd Gurley with all of the, with, with the highest, uh, I think, $45 million in guaranteed money for a running back, and he got that in year three. So no matter what someone tells you or whatever the perception is, and I'm not casting aspersions on Jay-Z because I, I have a lot of respect for him, but he he isn't a, the guy that's walking there, walking into the office of Tom Coughlin or Dave Caldwell or Shaq Khan and negotiating on behalf of of an NFL player. Ari Nissim is doing that, and Ari Nissim actually had 
John Isaac and Dave Caldwell's job on the other side to a certain extent, at least in terms of the numbers. So let, let us not get it twisted. These guys aren't necessarily being represented. It's not a rapper that's in there doing this, and it's not someone that doesn't know what they're doing. It is someone who knows what he's doing. It's someone who's done his job very well, and he's also been on the other side of the fence. He's been on the management side of things. So when a guy like Yannick, and from what we've heard about Ari, and I'll say this, I've talked to him several times, but it's never been on about this particularly. What we've heard, and you know this, and I've shared this with you, Phil, he's not the guy to really make noise. That's why I said if Yann walked out of here, they're not close to a contract. And and to me, that's a scary prospect for the Jaguars, especially considering the, uh, not the, necessarily the fans in this case. It's about the players, man. The players know. They're like, hey, get this dude. We need this guy. I don't care who you drafted. Get this guy. Get this guy in the camp. And, 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 and let's get it done. Because you paid guys in the past that haven't been as good and, and now this guy needs to get paid so that's our uh, that's our segment for pay yon we said that we were going to do that and what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break and then we'll come back on the other side but i asked an interesting question i'm gonna get a lot of input from phil on this out of you can look at the top 100 list or you can just come off the dome and do a freestyle speaking of jay-z you can do a freestyle who's the one player from around the league that if you add them to this Jaguars team, philosophically, with all of the guys they have now, not necessarily cutting anybody or getting any getting rid of anybody to take his place, who's the one guy around the league that actually helps this team achieve their goals based on what they want to do? You can add any player, regardless of salary. Think about it. And on the other side, we'll have the answer for you. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Jaguars. I am Tony Wiggins along with Philip Pruz. You can hear Locked On on all platforms, Himalaya. We, we, we got it everywhere, man. You know, you can go on Apple, you can go on Google, you can go on all of these different places and hear Locked On. All you got to do is go just type LockedOnJaguars.com and then you can find a platform to hear this podcast. Right, Phil? You know what else you can do, Wig? You can, you can tell your Alexa to play Locked on Jaguars podcast. Mm. And it turns on. It's like magic. Mm. Sounds good to me. Uh, so hit your Alexa, man. Say Locked on Jaguars. I mean, this thing is growing, and, and we're getting a lot of good feedback. Send in your Q&A also. Also, never you don't have to wait until we ask for it. You can Q&A us, and we'll make sure that we get 
that on, especially if it's a real good question, if it's not rhetorical or something that's obvious, we love to have to dig for information and figure stuff out. So always welcome a Q&A to Philip Cruz or T-Wig, that's Jackson Phil or Shop Talking Wig on Twitter. And uh, we'll even mention your name. How about that? We'll make you a star. <laughs> um, question. Answer. Based on what the Jaguars have going, how they have it going, um, one player around the league at a position of need or whatever may not even be a position of need, may just be an upgrade. But we're not going to include quarterback. Look, they settled on Nick Foles. So let's not say, okay, you had Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or whatever, because that opens up a whole other can of stuff that we don't want to open up. Like, well, they could have took Mahomes instead of taking Leonard Fournette and all that foolishness. Based on their philosophy, their approach, um, right now, post-draft, post-free agency, if you could add one player from any NFL team to add to this team that would make you think that there would be an instant contender for the Super Bowl, who would that player be? I have two guys that comes to mind. It really depends on my head or my heart. So my head tells me that the pick should be Zach Ertz. Because mm. then you pair him up with Foles. You know, um, they already have that chemistry. And it's not only that relationship, it's really wig the fact that Zach Ertz is a damn good football player and a very good tight end. So that's kind of my head. My heart says DeAndre Hopkins because not only does that give Nick Foles his Alshon Jeffrey but on you know supercharged with DeAndre Hopkins who I think is the best receiver in the NFL but it's always a bonus when you could cripple a divisional opponent by taking that person away right Mm -hmm. that's a very 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 good reason and, and, and good choices. I'm going to go against you a little bit, but not really. The first person that came to mind for me was Julio Jones. Uh, I think Julio Jones is the best wide receiver. I thought about him in, too. In the NFL. I know it. I think he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. I think DeAndre Hopkins is in the top three and may, maybe even a close second. Like if I had DeAndre Hopkins, I wouldn't if I had DeAndre Hopkins and you offered me Julio Jones, I'd probably make the switch. But if I had DeAndre Hopkins and you offered me anybody else, including Odell or Mike Evans or Antonio Brown, I'd say no. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the way I feel about DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. But I think we're on to something here, and what you get is you get a guy who is hard to guard one-on-one, fights for the ball, understands how to read routes, gets first downs, scores touchdowns, can fight for the jump ball, is big and is physical and requires a double team. So we're kind of in the same area when it comes to that. My second guy, and I know people say his his play fell off last year, I'm going to go with Tyron Smith for the Dallas Cowboys. I I really, really still love him as a player. Uh, You know, I, I love him as a left tackle. I think Tyron Smith, with this team, with Cam Robinson coming back off of an injury with the uncertainty, and look, I tell Cam, I know you never played left tackle, but we got Tyrone Smith. You got to go play right tackle. I mean, right tackle. You got to go play right tackle. I think he gives you something that 
you absolutely need in this situation. Uh, folks don't remember Jason Peters started out in Buffalo, if I'm not mistaken. Am I mistaken when I say that? Did Jason Was he a Bill before he was an Eagle? Not only was he a Bill, he was a tight end. Right. So what you have now is, see, that's why I love having a guy who works in the scouting, <laughs> optimum scouting field. He gives me this information. So my thing is, is that just because a guy's a little bit older and maybe hasn't played as well as he's played in the past, Joe Thomas went through that stuff. He's still savvy. The way Jason, Jason Peters hasn't been dominant the last two years, but he was still savvy. He was still that big game guy. He was his, at his best about four years ago. Okay, so my thing is is that uh, uh, Tyron has been a little more healthy than, than Trent Williams, and he gives you a guy that is an absolute beast that teams don't game plan trying to just whip him. Teams game plan hoping to whip him. And I think that's what you need when you talk about trying to run the ball with Leonard Fournette and, and protect uh, Nick Foles. So I think that gives us an idea a little bit too on some of the things that we may or may not be uncertain uh, about going into the season. The tight end position and that production when it pertains to Foles. The offensive line when it pertains to not only health because remember the entire everything from the center out left when you think about Linda Norwell and, and Cam Robinson is all has been all unhealthy last year. They're coming back from injury, and you have to get those C's. Uh, I call them the C's, cohesion, uh, uh, chemistry, those, chemistry uh, consistency, all of those things that we talk about that begin to see. That has to happen. And, and then the other one might be conditioning right now because those guys aren't in football shape. So um, that has to happen. And then there's still a little bit concern about having an alpha as a receiver. Right now, I think the alpha is anybody. I said the other day on the last podcast, I thought it was a very clever feel, by the way, when I said the alpha is whoever's open. Mm-hmm. Some some teams have that philosophy, but it makes it a lot easier when you have that great player, especially when we're not considering salary and what the impact that has on the rest of the team. We're still needing and, one, and wanting for the Jaguars to have that alpha receiver. That's where DJ Chark and that's where Chris Conley and those guys I don't look, they're not on the level of the dudes we talked about. But cumulatively, added together, can you all give us that effort? Can somebody make up that type of effort? And even when you say Alshon Jeffrey, Alshon Jeffrey is better. He's better than the collective of the big receivers here in Jacksonville. And guess what? Julio and DeAndre are twice as good as Alshon. But on any given day, Alshon can be, on that day, he can be the best receiver on the field in any game. Remember, the toughest game Jalen Ramsey's ever had, as much as we brag about Jalen Ramsey, the toughest game he's ever had, and most of it came in the first half, is when Alshon Jeffrey played for the Bears, and he kind of gave Jalen Ramsey the business. Alshon Jeffrey can do that, by the way. Former Gamecock. Gamecock, baby. There you go. So, look, there it is. Midweek version of the Jaguars podcast, the Locked On Jaguars podcast, to give you an idea of what we're thinking and some of the things to think about heading into the season. Uh, once again, we thank Hotels.com. I thank Jackson Phil. I am T Wig. And until then, until the next time, we'll holler at you and you stay in tune and, and we'll bring you more content. We'll keep bringing you more and more stuff. This is the Locked On Jaguars podcast on the Locked On NFL Network. Fan Friday, send us your questions.
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.